Okay, I think I've redone this podcast audio at least three times. Just trying to figure out how to um, express what happened and to, I don't know if I'm going to make sense of her, uh, what had transpired five and a half years ago and it's now just, uh, it starts surfacing on Valentine's Day. It's weird, cause like I said before, we had a lot of traumatic, not good stuff happen. Always around a holiday or on a holiday and I realized narcs will project and make sure it's something memorable on a certain date. Um, I believe that's the control factor of somebody who is manipulative. Um, the anarchy leader of the narky narcs, so to speak. <laughs> and um, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around this because this is just, uh, it's, um, Mind-blowing, I think's the word. Devastating, maybe. Um, two parties involved. One, the narc who was not present and um, used a lot of brainwashing mind games to make it make me feel and believe it's literally I was losing my freaking mind and that it's called gaslighting is another terminology. And narcissistic psychopaths will use brainwashing as a way to get the person that they've hurt or harmed to twist it on them and make it seem like maybe they've lost their mind. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, oh, that's silly. Oh, it was a long time ago. Oh, I don't remember. They'll have that, that amnesia. They always have amnesia. It's really weird. Always amnesia. If you ever, ever they try to challenge that, you know, good luck because they will avoid innovate at all costs, period. But I spent five and a half years and I've said this before, I'm trying to figure out a big, just I felt my intuition and my gut that I was missing a big piece of the puzzle of this person, this individual, and they know they should have been there and they just didn't bother. They didn't care. Um, it's not how I feel. It's the truth. They didn't give a damn about me um, and they should have been there before anybody. But they chose not to. The hardest part was that one of my oncologists knew the other person, you know, I, I can't give them a title because I've realized they're a stranger to me and, and that this is a long, long standing, many decades of trauma and connected issue or connected um, situations and circumstances. I realized with the, with the therapist that this, this is, not just something that happened five and a half years ago. There's been a lot of uh, proof in the pudding, so to speak, because we're working on remembering by trigger things of uh, circumstances and situations that have happened and being able to piece it together so I can understand what I've gone through. Um, but I realized like five and a half years ago, walking into oncology treatments and you're never going to get that back that initial time when you're saving your life. It's a time when you're saving your life. You're saving your life. I, I can't say it any more serious. Um, got a conversation with Eric yesterday about that. I was like, listen, it was a critical moment in my life where I was saving my life and I had nobody there 
to support me and encourage me through the process. Um, Eric did some things I found out months later while I was going through treatments that are not, uh, they're unforgivable, unforgiving, and um, that's the truth. I will never forgive what he did. And it caused a great rift. And I've realized that um, now I've got something else that he partaked in, partaked in, excuse me. And it involved the same damn time. I was going through oncology treatments the very first day. This individual who should have been there and they know they should have and the person they live with should have been there too and they made a conscious decision not to. They lied for years and told me that they didn't know where I was at, they don't remember, I'm, you know, maybe basically should have just said I was crazy. Well, of course they told other people I was, which um, if you were one of those people and you were listening with one ear and they literally, um, I'm sorry to say, I apologize for it, but you were manipulated in every which way but loose. Uh, fact. And I hope that this podcast sheds light to understand that there was always two sides of the story and I'm still alive to be able to share it and tell my side. Um, I forgive people who judge me critically and unfairly, but there was a second side that you didn't hear. And these two individuals, one individual most importantly decided not to be there. Not only did I question them for five and a half years and it haunted me, and it was always like on top of my brain because I knew, my instincts and my gut knew what I was being told. I had factual phone records, so I knew I talked to them. That's the thing, but they played it off like amnesia, great amnesia. A narc has great amnesia. Every time they do something hurtful, they have amnesia. They forget, oh, I have no idea. I don't remember, oh, it's such a long time. Oh my God, we're gonna bring this up again. Click, 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 click. Evade, evade, avoid, avoid, avoid. Um, they knew exactly what they were doing by not being present. It also disturbed two of my oncology specialists that were part of my oncology treatment team. One knew one of the individuals. And literally, I remember this verbatim, looked at me in a room and said, um, why is blah, blah, not here? I just looked at him and I said, I, I don't know. I don't know. I remember looking at me saying, that's a shame because I really thought highly of that person and I really thought highly and there's no reason why they could not be here for you. And I'm sorry that happened to you, but please don't let it, you know, affect and, you know, keep your mind focused on the treatments what we're going through so we can make it as successful as possible. Fortunately, the treatments did not cure. It was temporary. Um, hold back of things that um, started to get worse about a year, three and a half, four years into it. Would so five years it really would kick in. Uh, they were right. Prognosis five years made it pass. Once you get the five year mark, all hell breaks loose, and that's what I'm dealing with. But there was just this emotional big, 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 big piece of something that I went through that I'm not gonna be able to go through again. You don't go through that again, and. Uh, Especially when you go through what I have, you don't get to redo that treatment because once you max it out, um, you can't. There's no more. And it would be lethal. But the most damning part and the most disturbing part, and I don't say it's hurtful because Eric's done things that are extremely hurtful for many years. And the problem is, is I'm working with 
a mental health therapist, trauma therapist, to figure out why I allowed a pattern to continue. And I'm learning that it was learned behavior. And when you're a child and you have people that are supposed to be role models in your lives and you have elders, whatever situation, and you're watching them do what you start doing as an adult, it's a learned behavior. And you gotta break the cycle and you gotta get out of the bad pattern, okay, of accepting some not good things and um, seeing a lot of trauma and going through a lot of trauma in my life um, contributed to some decisions that weren't good. And I'm learning how to make peace and sense with things and it's gonna be a long journey. I was talking to a friend of mine, reconnected with her holidays, and I told her, I said, you know what? I told her yesterday, I want to take this year and I'm dedicating it to my mental health and making peace with things because I've been through a hell of a lot of trauma. Another friend of mine, he called me a survivor. You definitely are a survivor because you've been through a lot, and that's the truth. But I realized this year, some things must have to scale back because I need to work through this because this is a lot of trauma for me. And um, brainwashing was a big part of it. And brainwashing, when you get a really, really, really psychotic narc, it's not uncommon to be brainwashed and you literally start to believe, but you know it's not true. In fact, you have fact to back up, but a narc will brainwash to make sure that they are never guilty of anything. And they know what they do, but they avoid it and evade at all costs. The problem was is, Eric had talked to this individual and called them the very first morning of my very first treatment. I was in the back room in the treatment area. And um, so I was unaware of what was transpiring. All I knew is every time I walked out, I'm watching everybody else with their loved ones and, and people have come with them playing board games and being of utmost support. And all I had was Eric. And I thought that was enough, but I realized Eric was doing some damning things. So I was going through treatment that surfaced not through a person, but just by <laughs> a quinky-dinky circumstance. He should have been forthright and told me what he did. Instead, I had to find out the hard way. And I never forgave him, and I never will. And uh, maybe going through and, and dedicating myself this year to getting through the trauma, I'll be able to share, because I think it's important to share what I went through. But... Um, it's really damning, so I'm not able to really talk a lot about it uh, except through a therapist, and that sometimes gets hard to do. But I realized yesterday evening that it wasn't just one thing, but Eric held back five and a half years a really deep, dark secret, which he should have never done, and I think everyone can agree, is he literally called and talked to the person that lied to me for five and a half years, brainwashed me into believing I was crazy, but literally somebody else knew that this person knew exactly where I was at because they called the very first day and asked them to come up to be support. And Eric verbatim with the other person present. Eric contacted them and he didn't tell me. He didn't tell me that they didn't come up because they just didn't come up. They didn't want to. That's the truth. I'm working hard on the alienation part. That's hard. Um, they didn't care. That's also hard to accept. I'm working on that. Um, 
But the thing with Eric, as I told him yesterday, is you, you did something really, not just one thing did you do, that was extremely damning to me. But five and a half years later, six years this year, I just now find out that you withheld and you did something else, which is to keep a very hurtful secret. You watched me over and over and over again, keep asking this person in different ways, shape and form, um, why were you not there for me? And they never would ever tell me why. They would just find any which way to twist the question, avoid the question, evade the question, um, brainwash me into thinking that I'm crazy and ask the question. And I never stopped. My persistence didn't stop. My persistence of being sick and knowing something was wrong is what got me to the point of oncology because my persistence paid off as 17 surgeons. That's a persistent person. But talking to trauma therapists yesterday, I realized that I would have never signed to have any kind of oncology treatments. I would not have wanted to save my life if I knew the hell I was facing afterwards and the people that I thought that cared enough to at least be supportive and somebody I lived with I thought I could trust um, hurt me the greatest. I would have rather been at peace and um, live my life until my life needed and I needed to be called to home to heaven because I knew I would be in good hands. I'd be with loved ones that care and cared about me and also as well my fur kids and my pets, my animals always were there for me. They loved me and were there next to me unconditionally um, through many years. It's hard to say that, but I'm at peace with that. I would have never signed up for oncology treatments and I would have never went that route, even though I know my life was on the line and the blood vessels were ready to rupture around the tumor. Um, they were able to shrink the tumor, hoping that maybe this was not any type of cancerous tumor or mass. And as they said, if this is benign, what we're doing is max. We can't go past max because it would be lethal. Lethal means it would kill you. If it's not benign, then we know it's cancerous because this thing will grow back. And the cells will grow back. Um, if it's benign, it's just junk, junk. It'll, you know, it's like a stick of dynamite. It never went away. Um, and it started growing back. It shrunk to a feasible size to where I had a good year. I really did, and I enjoyed life, and I was told to enjoy life, and I did. Once I recovered from treatments, I had some other experimental things with medications and prescriptions and uh, trial things, and it didn't work either. Things just kept coming back. It's like a temporary Band-Aid, and sometimes it made matters worse where I'm at now. I, um, I don't forgive Eric. Um, for hiding and keeping a secret from me because he watched me suffer and struggle emotionally, mentally with trying to get somebody to be honest with me of why they didn't show up and why weren't you there. Um, and I'm making peace with it. I will never have that answer um, for the rest of their life or my life because they're just not going to give it to me. And working with a medical professional to understand emotionally what that means and how I need to put things finally at rest and at peace. But uh, I'm a straight shooter, and I'll be honest. Um, I would have never wanted to live in to see this kind of hell I've been through. Um, feel abandoned, neglected, um, unloved, unworthy, 
um, betrayed. I think betrayal is a good one. Um, I, um, I have no trust left uh, with Eric and uh, well I'm at that point because um, I still was not forgiving of what happened while I was going through treatments that I found out the hard way but to have somebody watch you struggle emotionally and just trying to find closure and it's like a haunting movie replaying over and over and over again, which is I was learning and I learned from a therapy session yesterday, it's called persistence and you were damn well persistent. That's a good thing because you wouldn't have made it onto oncology hands if you weren't persistent. 17 surgeons later, your persistence paid off. Um, it's ultimately saved my life. But I question and I can do this because I have a right to feel with therapy, I told him I don't think I'd wanted to, um, I don't think I would have signed. I, I wouldn't have. I would not have signed up for oncology treatments. Um, I would have rather have passed on and been at peace than to go through the hell I've been through five and a half years, going on six years. The emotional hell was worse than any kind of physical hell. I'll handle the warrior obstacles, I'll call them, that I'm dealing with now. Um, I make the decisions that are good for me and they're backed up with good therapy and the decisions are mine and the path that I choose right now, what I'm going through. But emotionally, I don't think you get past that kind of betrayal and hurt. And I've realized this wasn't just for one person, it was from two. So I'm gonna spend the rest of this year um, working on good um, emotional well-being, which means healing and getting past that betrayal. I don't have any feeling left. Um, I can't say I'm hurt because I haven't cried. And maybe it's because I was told you, got, you suffered through so much trauma that you're just numb to hurt. And maybe right now that's a good thing. It may never change, but um, it's been tough and trying to figure out um, with Eric, where do you go from here? Um, there's really nowhere to go when you don't trust someone and they betray your trust and then they um, did it twice during the same event. But to let me know as well on a holiday well, you get my point.